you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Greetings and welcome to the latest NFL Fantasy Live podcast. All the news you need to dominate your fantasy league and some other stuff. Jason Smith from NFL Fantasy Live alongside our Fantasy Hall of Famer Michael Fabiano and pinch hitting this week for Pedro Borbone, Manny Mota, also known <laughs> as Marcus Grant Sr., NFL.com fantasy editor. Now, before we begin, I know Michael Fabiano has to curb his enthusiasm after the last couple of days. When you tweeted about Larry, you tweet about the Yankees, fantasy football, yep. and cheers, and not in that order. And yep. Larry David comes in and you meet him, and it's all over every social media that you have. Oh, my God. I love Larry David. He is a comedic genius. Cheers is my favorite show of all time. Curb Your Enthusiasm is right there. But the fact that I made Larry David laugh was what made my day. All you did was tell him your last name. He laughed because my, <laughs> my last name is so Italian, Fabiano, and... When he when he heard that, he said, Fabiano. And I says, yeah, I'm an Irishman. And he just started laughing. I felt like George Costanza. I'm leaving <laughs> on a high note. Good, Good night, night, everybody. everybody. We'll see you. <laughs> Leave him laughing. That Leave was great. Laughing. <laughs> yep. It was great. All right. Well, no laughing matter, especially if you have in a keeper league, is Percy Harvin. You know, potential uh, torn labrum. And this is something, Fabs, that we've been keeping an eye on through the offseason. He looked healthy. He comes to camp. And now suddenly, here's this. He's got a second opinion coming on Tuesday. How nervous are you? you right now for Percy Harvin? I'm a little bit nervous. I'm not going to move him down at wide receiver in my rankings yet. I want to hear what happens with the second opinion. But if there's a situation where he's going to miss time, well, there's going to be several wide receivers like Andre Johnson, Larry Fitzgerald, Randall Cobb, who are going to move ahead of Percy Harvin. And uh, if surgery is something that ends up being the situation uh, that he needs to repair this injury, well, then Percy Harvin's going to go from a potential number one fantasy wide receiver to somebody who you might take in the late rounds at best to keep him on your bench, sort of like a Michael Crabtree situation, because we don't know how long a surgical procedure could keep Percy Harvin out. Uh, the good thing is that Seattle's wide receiving core is basically the same as it was last year. So before you start freaking out about Percy Harvin affecting Russell Wilson's fantasy value, I don't think it will that much. It will, it will uh, hurt his ceiling. 
he's not going to be able to score as many points as he maybe would have with Harvin. Uh, but Russell Wilson was still a pretty darn quarter, good quarterback last season from a fan's perspective, and that was without Harvin in the I'll in say the lineup. one thing this does, yeah. though, is it reminds you of the one red flag about Percy Harvin, that he just has a problem staying healthy. I mean, he missed a ton of games last year, I believe, what, seven games I think he sat out last year with an injury. I mean, this goes back to his days at Florida with the migraine situation. Uh, for as talented as he is, there's always that issue of whether or not he can stay on the field for 16 games. And, and, and like Fabs, I'm not dropping him down in my rankings just yet until we find out a little bit more, but it is just a reminder of the one thing that has always kind of hung over his head. See, I'll, I disagree with both of you guys because I'm already going to drop him down. And not a lot. I'm not going to say, oh, suddenly I'll drop him if we find out more about his injury. But I'm already going to drop him past some of the other number one simply because this is a guy who's going to enter the season coming off or dealing with a pretty serious injury. And what's the likelihood he stays in the lineup? He could play one week, be out two weeks. Play, play two weeks, be out three weeks. So I'm nervous about guys who come in already with injuries because that stuff can nag, especially throughout the first half of the season when this is when you got to make your hay in fantasy yeah uh, listen uh the, the the great thing about the internet is that we can update things every day all the time so i still want to wait and see what happens um but right now you have to have at least a little bit of concern about percy harvin all right let's fast forward to the night before your draft Right, we'll, pa- we'll fast forward through August and the Yankees falling out of the pennant race and Alfonso Soriano and all. We'll just <laughs> stop all it. The Mets because, getting back because, in contention. Uh, we'll fast forward through all. Go, bloop, the bloop, Mets bloop. are getting back in contention for what? The, the league's worst record? To get to 500. Oh. <laughs> hey, your Yankees will be there very soon. You're on your way to 500 just from the we're, other we're direction. We're six games over 500 with a team of AAA guys. Weren't you 12 games over 500 a few days a ago? A long time ago. <laughs> that was a long time ago. All right, so let's just say here, you hear the night before your draft, we hear the latest news that RG3 likely is not going to play in the preseason. If that doesn't happen, we hear RG3 is not going to play, but he says, I'm ready to go, I'm good, I'm ready, I'm, I'm, I'm healthy, I just didn't play in the preseason. Where do you rank him, Marcus? How far down, or does he move at all for you? He doesn't really move at all. I mean, if he because, doesn't play at all, night before your draft, and you're thinking, okay, he hasn't played, we haven't seen him since he got hurt in the playoff game. Yeah, no, I mean, because at this point, what we know about Robert Griffin III and what the Redskins are going to do with him in the preseason, it hasn't really changed throughout you know the offseason and what have you. So, yes, they're saying he's not going to play in the preseason. They're saying they're going to kind of bring him along slowly throughout training camp. I think it's something like two to three weeks before he's He's moving at full speed or practicing at full speed. I mean, none of this really is any different than what we had before. I mean, I currently have him at number seven overall in my quarterback spot. Uh, you know, maybe I drop him down a, a notch or two, but not too far. I mean, I, I think it's the kind of situation where he's on target to try and be ready for week one. Worst case scenario, maybe he doesn't play week one. Maybe he, you know, he misses that game or what have you. But he's going to be there for the bulk of the season. And I think he's going to be about as good as you could expect him to be. So I, I'm not overly concerned about what happens with RG3. Well, right now, RG3 is my ninth quarterback. And there's a heck of a good chance I'm going to move him up past Russell Wilson, uh, depending on the news of Percy Harvin. But even if he doesn't play, really? He doesn't, he doesn't play at all going into this season? I'm not really concerned. Robert Griffin III has been playing football long enough that he knows what to do once the— uh, uh, once the regular season starts, and it, the offense hasn't changed, the same coaching staff is in place, so I'm not really concerned with him uh, whatsoever when it comes to that. All right? Am I a little bit concerned about the fact that you know he's he's a he's a thin guy, he's a frail guy uh, who suffered a pretty serious injury? I'm a little bit worried about that, but I think 
especially guys like me who have been doing this for for so long and you hear the the term ACL surgery and you absolutely freak out you know uh, our our pal Akbar Bajabiamila says that oh the ACL is the new sprained ankle I don't know <laughs> if I'm going to go that far but we we can't devalue a player as much coming off of an ACL now as we did say 5 or 6 years ago it's like 50 is the new 40 the ACL oh it's a sprain you can be back in a little or while or 70 is the new 50 if you're Geraldo yeah, well, if you're taking selfies like that, you are. <laughs> what? How creepy is that? Well, that is creepy. I can't even begin I, you to know what? I mean, I, really? I, just, I just dig the fact that somebody that old knows how to take a selfie, put it on the net, and look like he's a 30 year old movie star. Yeah, that's a little creepy to me, pal. I mean, I, I started taking <laughs> I started taking selfies of myself, and I realized I don't want to, I don't want to put this. I, I don't need it. Yeah, yeah I, I hope you had your shirt on at least. Of course, yeah. Like I take pictures of me with my shirt off. <laughs> Come on, I would take pictures with my shirt off since I was like nineteen, and even then I was Wait like, a minute, you actually did that? Around? Around? <laughs> oh, Fabs, I was stacked. I had an eight pack. You should have seen me when I was nineteen. An eight pack, an a eight what? Pack? Diet Coke? No, eight. Ooh, eight pack of Diet Coke. See, that's what gets me excited now. Yeah, pack? There's something called an 8-pack? Really? They only sell the Coke now in the, if you get an 8-pack in, like, the tiny things. Yeah, like those little shooters. Like it's a little thing of Red Bull. Like the, the Canadian-sized cans? Yeah, I need more Diet Coke than that. <laughs> <laughs> the exchange rate is so bad. Right. Even you know our soda is smaller. I, I remember <laughs> the one thing that scared me uh, about drinking diet soda or soda in general. I used to work at a golf club when I was a kid, okay? I, I worked there for like 10 years. And you know how golf clubs, they used to make them out of beryllium copper? You know, you had like mm -hmm. the steel and you had the beryllium copper. We used to use Diet Coke to clean the beryllium copper irons. Because it it would it would actually I, shine them and make and you, them look really and you good. You put that in your body. That's huh? creepy. Uh, I don't wow. drink a lot of diet soda anymore. I I I did. That, that just that, that's a little worrisome for me. What what you were you a caddy? Uh, I, I did I did everything. I was caddy. I worked in the pro shop. I cleaned golf clubs. This is way back when I was a kid. A lot of fun. Wow, okay. All I right, used nice. to be a good golfer, you were, Smith. You were the original Danny Noonan. Did you get a, a, a caddy scholarship <laughs> to a college? Uh, I did not. Oh. And. Uh, Danny Noonan, huh? Yeah, couldn't beat the Nunzio in the caddy he had tournament. A, he had he had a lot lot of that big hair going on. I you didn't know, have that. I saw him about five years ago in a movie theater in Pasadena. Mm -hmm. I went to go see The Squid and the Whale, which is a really funny movie for Jesse Eisenberg. I think it's his first movie. And I went to see. It. I went into the bathroom, and there was nobody else in the bathroom. And I come out, and I open the door, and he's coming in. And I just look at him and go, "Oh." <laughs> And it's like oh, so many lines are going through <laughs> to my Danny head. Danny Noonan? Yeah, and I don't know what to say. It's like, oh, my God, I've been quoting this movie for 30 years. I'm sure at this point he's heard them all. And, yeah, and that's exactly <laughs> the look he gave me. The look he gave me, and I'll tell you exactly what it is. The look he gave me was, uh, here's another 30-something-year-old guy who worships <laughs> Caddyshack. Yeah, okay. And I just didn't know what to say. And I go to my seat, and Pam says to me, my wife says, what's wrong? I go, I just saw Danny Noonan. I, he's in the bathroom. I didn't say anything to him. Oh, my gosh. Him. Smith, look at this. Oh, this was... Oh, dear. Wow, how did you, you got that Lacey Underall picture up there really fast. You are the wizard of the internet. Nice, huh? You are the you like Google that? Images wizard. Very nice. Oh, my nice. gosh, yeah. <laughs> All right, let's get back to a different kind of fantasy here, other than you. Wait, this is like the Halloween theme. That's your fantasy what podcast that? warning. What is that? That's, that's, we've been timing Producer how long you've been, you've been timing. Uh, we're, we're, we're timing the off-topic uh, <laughs> ratio here of of uh, fantasy news and non-sequitur information. So okay. if you're tuning in for non-sequitur information, oh, you've, all come, right. to you've right come to the right place. It was place. also kind of like the ER theme, too, the beginning. The did a little bit of that. If Halloween met ER. Look, I've only got so many sound effects here at my disposal <laughs> Okay, here. I'm thinking, wait, Hollywood meets ER. i got to call Brian Grazer. Hang on, let me write down that idea. <laughs> all right, uh, let's continue on with quarterbacks here. Matt Ryan gets his big, fat contract extension. $59 million guaranteed, $103 million. 
we know what kind of quarterback he is on the field. He really broke through last year in fantasy. But if you take a look at a, at a lot of ADP so far and a lot of people's individual rankings of Matt Ryan, he ranks near the bottom of that list of, of the 10, 11, 12 elite quarterbacks. And here's a guy that's kind of puzzling because he was great last year. We think, okay, he broke through, but now we're devaluing. Is, is this a I don't reaction think we're to Matt Stafford from a year ago where no. he made him so high and he tanked it for us? No, I, I just think the quarterback position is that deep. And you know, I've been saying it for the last few years. The running quarterback is is like golden fantasy football. So you're going to see RG three ranked ahead of Ryan. You're going to see Russell Wilson ranked ahead of Ryan. You're going to see Kaepernick Russ uh, ranked ahead of Ryan. E- Andrew Luck. It's not a, a a condemnation on Matt Ryan's skill set and what he can do from a fantasy perspective. It's more along the lines of, hey, this position is ridiculously deep. We had a PPR mock draft a couple of weeks ago, and he was a backup. Drafted as a backup. I got him in the ninth round. Tony Romo drafted as a backup. (laughs) That tells you that you should not even come close to thinking about drafting a quarterback until at least the fifth round. And I would go past that and say I would think about it in the eighth round because – I can load up on running backs and wide receivers early. You know, we talked about this last week, Jason. Uh, There's a lot of running backs with major upside, good potential, but there's also a lot of running backs out there with a potential fail. So you want to go after that position early, and the quarterback position is so deep it allows you to do that. Matt Ryan should be part of your strategy if you're going running backs and wide receivers early. So should Tony Romo. So should Matthew Stafford. I mean, for, at this point, so should Robert Griffin III. People aren't drafting him until after the fifth round also. And Stafford's going even later than that. In yeah. our first mock draft this year, he went in the 11th I think Akbar got him in the 11th round as a backup. And yep. I, he's a big bounce back guy for me this year. I mean, look, oh, me too. He still threw the ball 700 times last year. I think you can get him late and be very happy starting him all season long. Yeah, I think the big fear with Matt Stafford from last year was that he just didn't have the touchdown numbers, but you go back and you think of all the times Calvin Johnson was tackled inside the five-yard line. Right. I mean, that, that's six potential more touchdowns that he has this year if Johnson you know, and gets And 24 more yards. fantasy points. Right. So, I, I mean, I think, I think that is something you kind of shake off. Touchdowns are kind of a fickle number across the NFL, and I think Stafford, is, you know, in terms of attempts, he's going to be fine. Yardage, he'll be fine. Adding Reggie Bush, I think, helps that offense quite a bit, especially in the passing game. Uh, Matthew Stafford, I think, will be a steal for a lot of people. Yeah, he's a guy – well, I say this as we're getting ready to do our mock auction draft that I'm going to target Stafford late. Now, I stole two of the guys who are the smartest guys. I know that I'm taking Matt Stafford. Or am I taking <laughs> Matt Stafford? Stop Dylan it. Milner, dun, our producer, dun, you are dun. also very smart Thank as well. you. You are Thank very you. smart as well. Thank and you. if I was talking about the 49ers, I would have included you in the conversation. Absolutely. Th- right. Hey, thanks for including me in your smart guy conversation. No, and, <laughs> hey, make sure all your players know if they have workout bonuses uh, and like $2 million so they don't miss them. My agent's handling that. Good. Oh, good. As long as you have a good agent, <laughs> yes. you'll work out. All right, let's get to some running backs. And this is great news if you like Trent Richardson. It's also bad news if you like Trent Richardson because Norv Turner, offensive coordinator, says he plans on getting Trent Richardson 300 carries. Love that it. sounds awesome. I love it. The last guy he said that about was Ryan oh, Matthews. Oh, so stop. The curse about Ryan Matthews. <laughs> Turner. Yeah, you know the – Like it, it was yesterday, Fabs. I remember he could touch the ball 300 times well, as a rookie. Well, he could. Great, and I drafted him, and he couldn't even hit the field. I understand that. You know, <laughs> he, he was injury prone, and he had a couple of broken collarbones there. Forget about that, okay? Ryan Matthews, uh, you know, we should be done with him, okay? I thought he was going to be good. He was good for one year out of the first three. It's it's finish. That's it with Ryan Matthews. You draft him as a flex at best. Trent Richardson, You're my cousin Vinny. I'm done with this guy. I'm, I'm done, done with I'm this guy. I'm done with this guy. Okay, Trent Richardson is far and away more talented. Look what he did last year. Uh, this guy didn't even rush for 1,000 yards. He still finished in the top 10 in fantasy points among running backs. 
Okay, and Sands, Ryan Matthews, look at the stable of running backs who've had success under Norv Turner. And I'm not going to bring up LaDainian Thomas and Emmett Smith because those guys are gangbusters, fantastic Hall of Famers. Lamont Jordan, okay? You know him from his days yeah. with the New York Jets. Sure. Had his best fantasy season in Oakland under Norv Turner. Ricky Williams, pretty darn good running back, right? But in his first few years in New Orleans, he was a disappointment. Goes to Miami, best fantasy season under Norv Turner. Frank Gore, very good running back, right? Who did he have his best fantasy season under? Norv Turner. So this is this to me is, is just an incredible opportunity for Trent Richardson. And I have to say, I apologize to you. Last week I said that you were absolutely crazy. I still think you're crazy. But Trent Richardson was drafted in the second round by moi in our PPR league. And I would have never thought in a million years that he would have fallen to the second round. I think he's going first round in most drafts. But if you can get this guy in the second round... It's like stealing Smith. Well, and that's the thing. I'm happy if I can get him in the second round as my second pick. And people who are drafting now are, you know, the, the people who are, who are more into it. They're, they're the top percentile, the top 2% of fantasy people. You so shouldn't course, be drafting right now. Right, but there's yeah. people who can't wait. And I get yeah. If you can't wait to draft, that's fine. Well, you I know totally what? If you draft that. now, then draft like six teams on NFL.com. Yeah. <laughs> Do six leagues. That's, that's fine. fine. <laughs> we want that. But no, but no matter what league you're in, I mean, if, if you're in the top league where no, nobody drafts a quarterback late as, as we do here, but chances are your league, and this is why I said Trent Richardson's a second-round pick, is because no matter what, you're going to see in the first round, somebody's going to draft. Drew Brees, someone's going to draft Aaron Rodgers, someone's going to at the end of the first round take Calvin Johnson. It's just going to happen. You know, I, I know the advice we give is not to do that, but you know what, Marcus, that's just going to happen. That's why I said Trent Richardson's a second round, an early second round guy, because that's just, in a 10-team league, that's how it's going to go. Well, I think I think one of the fears about Trent Richardson, and this was something that was brought up you know, yesterday, Fabs and I had the privilege to be guest on the Dave Damashek football program. Uh, one of the things he mentioned was that fear of having a guy that's on a bad team. Uh, especially from the running back position, where you know, when things are going well, when the game's close, he's going to get a steady diet of touches, get a steady diet of, of carries. But if something bad happens and the team is down by a couple different scores, then suddenly the running game goes out the window. I mean, we were joking this morning, Fabs and I, that uh, you know the greatest fantasy garbage man of the last couple of years has been Carson Palmer. That's been great because the Raiders have been down, so Palmer gets to sling the ball all around. It was bad news for the Raider running game. And so Trent Richardson, I like his potential. I love the fact that they're saying he can get 300 carries. I mean, if he can hold up, that's a huge number, and that looks great for him. But there is always that fear that if the Browns get down by a couple of scores in the third or fourth quarter, that suddenly Richardson goes out the window. Hopefully he works in the passing game, but you know, that's always always a concern. Speaking well, look, of the, the garbage Brown- time, Kurt Warner emailed me this morning, and that's, <laughs> that's why we started talking about that. Because Kurt- you, better, you better explain this, because Kurt's <laughs> going to be up here in two minutes. No, well, see, because Kurt... Kurt, at first, when he when he was was done with football and came here, I tried to get him in fantasy leagues. He didn't want to play. It's it's you know it's it's not it's not a real reflection of the NFL. I don't like it. Now he loves fantasy football and he's big time into it. He's like and, does three leagues with and his he kids. Sa- and he sent me a, an email this morning saying that is there a way to prevent people from scoring garbage points when they are down by twenty? Ugh, fantasy football. Wow. <laughs> All right, yeah, Kurt, here's a special league where if it's once the team gets up by 21, right. no more fantasy points. So basically, it, it, so basically any team whose quarterback is facing the Jets, right, Smith? Hey, I think it's any team whose who's running back faces the Jets because the Jets Whoa. are pretty good against the pass. How do you know? It's against the run. We struggle. Well, you got to see if that rookie pans out there in the defensive backfield. Oh, well, let's, let's, let's see. I think the defense is going to be pretty good. I think the offense, all right, that's a little bit of a, more of a question. Cleveland's offense is better than the Jets' offense. But this is why, you know, I'm not worried about Trent Richardson as much because the Browns were bad last year. 
I mean, they were 5-11, and 11, bottom of the they're barrel. They're going to they be better competitive. this year. Even if they're just the tiniest uptick better, Richards is still going to get the football, and he's going to catch the ball in the passing game a lot, which I like. People forget that about him. Had a couple of long touchdown receptions last year, caught a few passes. That's just going to increase this season. Hey, listen, I love Richardson. Uh, I loved him last year. He was on the man crush list last year. He's on it again this year. He has top five potential. All right, another running back situation right now that has us all very excited when we hear the dreaded phrase, and what is it, Fabs, when it comes to running backs? Running back by committee? Yes. Giovanni Bernard and Ben Jarvis Green-Ellis right now are set to split time in the Bengals' backfield. Now, your draft is going to go like this. Ben Jarvis Green-Ellis will get drafted early, and then Giovanni Bernard will get drafted late. What's the better pick? Taking Ben Jarvis Green-Ellis, who had a pretty good run nine or ten weeks last year. He's going to get the goal line carries. Taking him earlier or waiting and later on taking Bernard, hoping maybe he can worm his way into more than a timeshare, Marcus. Which is the better pick? Can I go to option C and take neither? You can do both. <laughs> you can do that. Um, you know, I, I mean, I, I, if I were forced to take one, uh, you know, I actually might take my chances with, with Giovanni Bernard this year. I, I think the way they are going to use him uh, is going to be in multiple spots. Multiple is kind of the new buzzword around NFL offenses and, and being able to use guys in multiple slots. So he'll line up as a running back. He may split out wide and be a receiver occasionally. He'll catch passes out of the backfield. I do think that the law firm will get the majority of the touches, majority of the carries, but I think you're going to start to see Bernard work in a little bit more, and I just think in terms of what you can get in terms of relative draft value, you're going to get more value, I think, out of Bernard later in the draft than you would at the spot you'd have to take a Green Ellis. Fabs, who are you going for? First of all, Green Ellis is not going to go early. He's probably going to go... Well, he'll go earlier than Bernard will. Sure, yeah. uh, but I mean, you're, you're talking eighth round, somewhere yeah. around there. Um I, I, I'm going to stick with the law firm because I think he's going to score more touchdowns, and touchdowns are golden fantasy, uh, golden fantasy football. But uh, you guys, are, neither one of these guys, players is going to be more than a flex starter in most leagues. And and if he flex starter at that, I will say this, and I said this on the Dave Damashek podcast yesterday: if Bernard went to the Steelers or if he went to the Packers, okay, and was cleared to be the number one back there, he would be the the number one rookie to get in fantasy football. Regard, he is that talented. The guy, he was the first running back drafted this year. We forget that because uh, of the names Eddie Lacy and, and all the hype we hear now in fantasy uh, from Le'Veon Bell. But he was the first running back drafted. He, he's very talented. He's 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 very versatile. Um, and I think he's the future, clearly, uh, of the Cincinnati Bengals. But I still think he has more value in dynasty leagues and keeper leagues than he does in seasonal leagues. He should be drafted. It shouldn't be until late. And you can't expect either one of these guys to be consistent. All right, so there's all your big news as you head into this big fantasy times. We make the hook around from July into August. Now we're going to focus on the wide receivers. Every podcast, we take a look at a different position and give our breakout sleepers, deep sleepers, and busts. Just in case you missed our previous ones, you can go through the archive. We've done quarterbacks and running backs so far. As I said, today is our wideouts. And let's start big. Our breakout wide receiver candidates for this season, Fabs, give me a big breakout guy. A big breakout guy, uh, Randall Cobb, first guy that comes to mind. Uh, and I compare him to A.J. Green, not because of his skill set, but because of his sort of ascent into fantasy stardom. Green had a good rookie year. Uh, last season, uh, he, he absolutely blew up. Uh, he was 18th in fantasy points at wide receiver, I believe, his rookie year. Last year, he was, he was top five. I think Cobb has that kind of upside. Last year, Cobb was 18th in fantasy points. I think he moves up into the top 10 clearly, maybe even into the top five. He's versatile. He's going to give you some rushing yards. He is now, I think, in my opinion, uh, Aaron Rodgers' number one target in that passing game with Greg Jennings now uh, with the Minnesota Vikings. 
and he could catch 90 balls in that offense. They're going to throw the ball. I know they want to have a little bit of a commitment to run with Eddie Lacy, Jonathan Franklin, and I think they will commit to run the ball a little bit more in Green Bay this year, but you still got Aaron Rodgers throwing the football out of that backfield, and I think Randall Cobb uh, is going to have a big breakout season. Yeah, instead of 15 carries a game for the running backs, there could be 16 or 17. Could be. They could run it just a that little bit more. That could happen. That's right. <laughs> All right, Marcus, who's your breakout? T.Y. Hilton. I love T.Y. Hilton. I'm getting all choked up talking about it. I know. Um, are you okay? Yeah, you I'm all right. I'm all right. Yeah, T.Y. Hilton, I mean, he was he was kind of a surprise last year. I mean, I, I think for, for everything that went on in that Colts offense, Andrew Luck certainly performed, I, I think, even better than, than the hype surrounding him. Um, you had Reggie Wayne, who really kind of revived himself, and people thought maybe he was on the downside of his career. But T.Y. Hilton was definitely a surprise last year, and I think he's going to continue to progress. Andrew Luck's going to get better. They're in that West Coast offense now with Pep Hamilton taking over as the offensive coordinator there, and I think that really bodes well for him. He's a big play waiting to happen almost every time they throw the football. I think he'll refine his game even more, and as more attention starts to get paid to Reggie Wayne, as people remember how good Reggie Wayne is, I think that opens up more opportunities for T.Y. Hilton this year. And I think those opportunities are going to come at the expense of Reggie Wayne. He's going to go really high because people are going to see this last year and say, okay, he's going to do it again, but now there's going to be more attention there. I don't think he, he falls off a cliff, but like Steve Smith the year after that magical first season under Cam Newton, I think his number is going to take a bit of a downtick. Yeah, I agree. No, I totally agree with that. Alright, I'm going to give you guys Antonio Brown. I mean, this is somebody who's been on the cusp of a breakthrough the last couple of years. First of all, the Steelers, they were very cavalier about letting Mike Wallace go, and they wouldn't have done that if they weren't confident enough in Antonio Brown and, to an extent, Emmanuel Sanders. The last two years, Brown's numbers are pretty much indistinguishable from Mike Wallace's, and now, with no Mike Wallace there, those 119 targets that he got a year ago are going to go to somebody else. So now you, you look at Antonio Brown, who could jump from 60 yards a game to probably at least 80 yards a game and more targets. He could be a 1,200-yard, 10-touchdown player this year. I'm not saying he's going to break through and beat Calvin Johnson, but 1,210 touchdowns, this is Antonio Brown's time to do it. I agree with you, Smith. I, I think Antonio Brown uh, right now is a guy who is uh, he's still a little bit under the radar. People aren't talking about him. You know, They're really not talking about Antonio Brown. But he's the number one option in that offense. Now remember, as you mentioned, Mike Wallace is gone. He's in Miami right now. We don't know what's going on with Heath Miller. He's coming off of a major knee reconstruction. We don't know if he's going to be ready for week one. You've got Emmanuel Sanders. Uh, they got the Wheaton kid uh, in, in, uh, in the draft. And Jericho Cotri, man, there's, there's not a whole lot to like. Plexico Burris is still on that team, too, remember. But he's not going to make much of an impact. Uh, when Ben Roethlisberger looks to throw, he's going to be looking at Antonio Brown. And this is the year that Brown uh, should basically put up or shut up because he is not going to have a better opportunity to produce in the statutes. Yeah, I think John Stallworth actually has a training camp invite this season. Yeah, they're hurting <laughs> there. a wide receiver uh, behind Antonio Brown. Sanders is a nice deep sleeper, but he's had foot problems his whole career. So we'll see what happens. But I, I like that pick, Jason. I like that pick a lot. Now, sleeper-wise, you like Emmanuel Sanders, Marcus. I do. I do. I, I know you said deep sleeper. I got him as a sleeper. I, you know, You're not I as choked up talking about Emmanuel not Sanders quite as, as you much. are and, you know, Maybe we're splitting hairs between sleeper and deep sleeper. But, I mean, he's going to be the number two guy there in, in Pittsburgh. I mean, everybody kind of moves up a step on the ladder with Mike Wallace leaving to go to Miami. And so I think for – while fantasy owners might not be talking about Antonio Brown, I'm sure opposing defenses are looking at that guy and saying, okay, this is the guy. We've got to slow down, especially with Heath Miller out of the lineup. And so this is opportunity for Emmanuel Sanders to step up and make some plays. And so I think he may be, uh, as much as Antonio Brown's under the radar, Emmanuel Sanders is that much more under the radar. So this is his chance, I think, to, to try to make a name for himself. Fabs, your, your sleeper is? I'm going to go with Kenny Britt. And I think he's a non-traditional sleeper in the fact that 
we've been talking about him for a couple years. Unfortunately, a lot of the times we've been talking about him, it's because he's in trouble <laughs> yeah. off the field. But th- there's a lot of things I like about Kenny Britt. Number one, the guy's he, he, he is athletic. He's talented. He's the most talented wide receiver on that team. Uh, there's pros and cons with Kenny Britt. His talent is there. The upside is still there. If you remember a couple years ago, three weeks into the season, he was like one of the top wide receivers in fantasy, and then he blew out his knee. Um, he's also in a contract year, and you have to remember that. Guys in a contract year, especially young guys looking to get paid, uh, they're going to be they're they're going to stay on the field. Uh, I think they're going to have uh, you know the injuries aren't going to be as bad because they want to get that paycheck. They're also going to be motivated to put up good numbers and prove uh, that they are worth a big money contract at the National Football League level. And Britt is a guy who's not coming off the board until in the later rounds. I mean, you can get him after round eight. I'm talking round nine, round ten, somewhere around there. And he could end up putting up our, uh, our wide receiver two or three numbers. I draft him as a four. I think he could end up being a, a really good three this season. You yeah. talk about the, uh, Antonio Brown and this being kind of a put-up-or-shut-up year for him. That's kind of how I feel about Kenny Britt. Like Same he, thing. He's got the talent to do it, but yep. this is going to have to be the year he does it because of his off-the-field problems, the injury issues, and the fact that he's really being pushed in that offense by Kendall Wright at the wide receiver spot. Well, they're being pushed Kendall Wright. They drafted Justin Hunter in the first round. They, they, you know, something's not going to fit in that situation. And you know, one time, Fab, you know, it's funny you talk about being a contract year. Mm-hmm. I want to do an auction draft once where every player I draft is a guy in a you contract year. we have year. an auction coming up here, Jason. <laughs> I draft every guy in a contract year and see, see how he does. But you just ruined your whole strategy. <laughs> what? Because, because now when you bid on Jay Cutler, I'm going to keep putting the bid higher and higher, and you're going to want him. Go ahead, and I'll take Josh Freeman. Okay. He's in a contract year. Okay. But I wonder how that would turn out. We always say guys in a contract year play well, and, and by and large it works out well. But yep. if you draft every guy, every Except for position, Deshaun Jackson. Yeah, players. exactly. Yeah, he's the only guy who and, and by still the way, end up getting paid. We have a list of contract year <laughs> players in our draft kit, NFL.com slash fantasy slash draft. Yeah, you want to talk about everything you need for fantasy dominance, go to NFL.com slash fantasy. Marcus, Michael, everybody's been working really hard at getting everything you need advantages wise. And Marcus, give me give me something big that's uh in the draft kit this year that's brand new. Well, you know, I, the draft kit has a lot of new stuff in it. I would say the one thing, and it's only slightly related to the draft kit, it's the fantasy genius. Um, that just came out. We, we just released this a couple of days I know. ago. Well, well that, I know. Well, that was my thing. I mean, I'm the genius. So, I mean, what, you know. Yeah, you're, you, you know, you're, you're out of a job. It's now. ask Sorry. me, right? Sorry uh, about that. All right. Um, it, you know, we, we kind of have it tied in you're a little crazy, bit to the draft kit. But the <laughs> fantasy genius, uh, you know, I, I know this this sounds like a commercial, but it's amazing. I mean, it really, <laughs> it's really amazing. I mean, you, you it, it's crowdsourcing answers. It, it, you, you put a question out to the universe and, and you get instant feedback on it, you know, whether it's who I should draft, who I should pick up or drop, whether my team is better than the other team. I mean, it's, it's absolutely incredible. I find myself just clicking through stuff, and before I know it, I've passed an hour, and you know I haven't gotten anything done. It, it really, really is. Incredible. Yeah, another the thing new that Facebook. we have too uh, in the draft kit is the is the fantasy team previews for all thirty two teams. We have depth charts, analysis, everything. I I don't think there's anything in that draft kit, uh, uh, you know, that you can't find. No, it, it, we have, we've we have, got everything. Yeah, it's it's pretty much a one stop shopping yeah. for, ev- for everything. And you know what? We're the only ones to cover fantasy three sixty five twenty four seven every day. There's new fantasy content even in the off season. Even when you when it's Christmas Day at midnight, Marcus Grant is still up blogging about your twenty fourteen sleepers and trying to put together a twelve year old's bike. You remember yeah, that? At the same yeah. time. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> that happens. All right, let's get some deep sleepers now. Wide receivers. I'll kick it off. I liked him a little bit last year, and this is kind of a put-up-or-shut-up year for him. 
Brandon LaFell showed glimpses last season. He was becoming a solid option for Cam Newton. And down the stretch of 2012, we got kind of that look at him, despite the fact he was banged up. Ron Rivera had glowing things to say about him towards the end of the season, saying, look, this is why we're where we are. Brandon LaFell has really turned into some kind of player for us. Steve Smith is turning 34. I think his time is right now. And uh, you, you look at the weapons they have in Carolina, and they still haven't really done anything to bring anyone new in for Cam Newton. Now, look. These guys are all good football guys. They know who they need to bring in to succeed as an offense. And the fact that they didn't bring anybody in and they stuck with Smith and LaFell, and LaFell is young and getting better, this tells me they have a lot of confidence in him. He's a guy I'll draft late, maybe as my number five wide receiver, and I'll keep my bench and I'll be happy because he's going to give me a lot of production. I think that point you made about Steve Smith getting older, too, I think is a big one because he's been kind of an ageless guy. Every time you give up on Steve Smith, he comes back with another good year, but you do wonder how many more times he can keep doing that. And you know, similar to what we talked about, with Reggie Wayne and T.Y. Hilton. I think you have a similar situation in Carolina with Steve Smith and Brandon LaFell. All right, Fabs, give me your deep sleeper. This is going against uh, every fiber in my body to say this. You're going to take a jet? Really? No. You take a jet? The only guy, the <laughs> Stephen only, Hill. Stephen Hill the is only your deep jet, sleeper. The only jet that I'm promoting is, is uh, the running back, Chris Yes, Ivory. of course. You him. and I both love Chris um, Michael Floyd in Arizona. And, and the reason why I say every fiber of my body is saying, no, don't say that, is because, and Marcus knows this because I make fun of this all the time, <laughs> if you look at the, the list of Notre Dame offensive skill position players who have been drafted into the National Football League I, for a while, there's been no one who's done anything consistently good. Come on, you know? Tim Brown was no, great all the way no, no, through no, the mid to late way, 90s. <laughs> I, I think the last guy drafted out of Notre Dame offensive skill position who was a really good fantasy player and had a great career was like Ricky Waters or Jerome Pettis, man. Like, yeah. it's Even been a Julius Jones. Time. I, I was like, okay, can we stretch it to Julius Jones? I mean, okay, okay, a 1,000 yard season. But Michael Floyd is in a position to succeed. Bruce Arians likes to stretch defenses. He's in his second year. His last game of 2012, he, he blew up. He started to show some signs. Um, Carson Palmer's the quarterback there. You're not looking at John Skelton throwing him the football or Max Hall or whoever the hell they had uh, in Arizona last season. That, that position Plummer. was an absolute mess. Jake, yeah, all of them. So uh, he, he's in a position to succeed. And I don't have him as a sleeper. I have him as a deep sleeper because of the Notre Dame thing. But <laughs> had, I would, he go, had he even Michael Floyd out of Penn State, you would have put him, I, have him higher? Well, Penn State, I mean, the, the wide receivers, they're not much better. Okay, out of Syracuse. No. <laughs> oh, come on. We've had better Who? wide receivers. Who? Marvin Harrison. Okay. <laughs> I keep Mike going. Williams. Keep going. Uh, Mike Williams. He just got $40 million Two? from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Never had a 1,000-yard season. Okay. But anyways, I, I think... Scott Sweeties. What? <laughs> Who the heck is that, man? He was in the early 80s. Really? <laughs> I was trying to Only find, you would know I was that. trying to find an obscure Syracuse. Uh, I went to school there. I understand, and that's okay. why, you know, I understand that, but... Look, I know that Central Floyd? Connecticut State University hasn't had a lot of players go to the NFL. None. Dave Campo is a graduate, though. Is he really? Yeah. Um, nice. Yeah, he Did was not know that. Great head was coach it, was his Cowboys. picture everywhere when you went to college? No, it wasn't. Well, at that point, he wasn't my head coach at <laughs> the Dallas Cowboys. So, um, but Floyd is a guy that I'll take a chance on as my five somewhere in the late rounds. If someone else wants to grab him earlier, I mean, that's fine. Um, I think the benefit there of Palmer is going to be more of an advantage for Larry Fitzgerald uh, and the running game. But I think Floyd's a guy you have to take a look at. All right, let me, real quick, Mark, can I do my Dave Campo impression real fast? You I'm the only one? person in the world with a Dave Campo like, impression. Yeah, one? that's what I was going to say. <laughs> here we go. right, He's here got we a go. lot more hair Hang than you, here we go. Hang on, here we go. Dave Campo, here we go. Julius Jones is a heck of a football player. 
There you so go. the thing is, there I don't go. remember what his voice sounds like. It was so just I don't know like that. That, that, was Dave Campo. On that could have been anything. That was Dave Campo. <laughs> Look up Best of Hard Can Knocks. Can I tell you something? Go, didn't, they go, didn't he go swimming with dolphins or something and, or sharks or whatever it was? I like your Bane impression better. Oh, Fantasy Bane. That's right. Yes, Mr. Wayne. Oh, <laughs> Fantasy Bane will return this season. I'm not a fan of Reggie Wayne, Mr. Wayne. <laughs> <laughs> is that better than, than Damashek's? I'm not sure. Damashek has that, too. I don't know. I, I, I think He's Oh, my Bane impression? I think Damashek should be the next Batman. What do you oh. think? Uh, no? Okay. He's got to lose a little around the thin. midsection. He'd be very thin in that suit, though. I will say that Damashek's Bane impression sounds like Will Ferrell as... Uh, or actually, sounds like Daryl Hammond as as Sean Connery on Celebrity <laughs> Jeopardy. That's what it sounds like. <laughs> yes, it, Mr. Ward. It, it, it goes a lot like... Uh, uh, listen, uh, Mr. Wayne, yeah. uh, you now have my permission to die. Okay, uh, now that sounds like uh, Chow from The Hangover doing an impression of that. Look, I've, uh, I've crafted a Damashek impression for many years. And nice. The, the impression of an impression sometimes, you know, takes a long, longer time to craft, so we're working on it. Yeah. All right. Is, are we close to the sound effect now? Are we, are we close to that I was going to say, can we, are we... Because you uh, jumped in with we, Chow from Hangover? We have, we have gone off the rails. Uh, you know... Uh, listen, <laughs> fellas, uh, let's talk about... Uh, <laughs> Dylan, I'm going to you down a hole hey, on, there, Mr. Milner. Th- deep sleepers, right? Um, I will say this. We're back on track. You know, Fabiano has his point about not taking Notre Dame skill position guys. I know it's coming. He yeah. also has a thing about coming. not taking USC skill position guys. But no, he likes receivers. Wait, wait. He likes Joey. He likes Jordan Cameron. I tight end out of USC. He's not a wide receiver. Doesn't <laughs> like <laughs> USC wide receivers. The tight end position you like. The wide receiver. If you're a tight end coming totally out of USC, different. you like him. Totally different. If there's a wide receiver no, coming I like out of this USC, guy. you don't like I him. I like this guy in particular. But I will tell you uh, that I am going to buck the trend, and my deep sleeper is Robert Woods in Buffalo. I, I think he's just, in terms of his skills, he's a great route runner. He's got good hands. He's got he's not got blazing speed, but he's got very good speed. And, and I think the Bills have long been searching a number two receiver. I mean, you know, ever since, I don't know, you go through the, the history. Lee you know, Evans, Donald Jones has said good things Jones, to say about you, Marcus. <laughs> you know, James I, Lofton. I, okay, since then. Al Edwards. But, James yeah, I think, I think Robert Woods is the guy who will help Stevie Johnson. I think he'll have some good production on his own. Um, I, I just, I like Robert Woods as a very, very deep sleeper this year. James I'm, I'm Hardy, with, that's a good one, Dylan. I'm with you on Robert Woods. Look, this is a guy who had top five NFL draft talent. He got banged up a little bit last year, and Marquise Lee showed up to be an absolute superstar opposite him. So that's why his stock fell. He can win one-on-one matchups with other DBs. He can win one-on-two matchups. He can dominate uh, in the middle of the field. He's someone who I think could take over as a number one wide. Remember, they're moving Stevie Johnson to the slot this year. So the, the opportunity for Robert Woods to be the number one guy on the outside is there. You know that sound effect that they have on prices, right? When somebody fails to win, yeah, we don't have it. That's exactly how I feel about Woods and any other USC wide receiver. <laughs> well, well, last year you made fun of me because you talked about Doug Martin, and I said, but "Well, Jason, nobody from Boise State's ever made it a skill position." You in the NFL. said that, but there's never been a guy coming out of Boise State. That had the skill set and had the upside of Doug Martin. The There's guys graduate every year that are good. There's nothing but they to just compare him to. There's nothing to compare him to. The, the, oh, name a running back that came out of Boise State before Doug Martin. Ian Johnson. Come on, man. Exactly. <laughs> you can pick. You can pick any school and and show that there is a trend of players out of position that are bad or a player sure. out of position that is good. Look at Auburn quarterbacks. Jason Campbell. Man. Oh, Cam Newton. Oh, who's come out of Auburn? Cam Newton. 
you know, almost any SEC quarterback is, for a long time. The, all the Warfel and, and Palmers out of uh, Florida. Florida's had some pretty Lee. bad quarterbacks in the NFL. And, and, yes, uh, you know, no doubt about that. Georgia hasn't had many, but then in the SEC recently, you've got guys like Stafford. You guys got, like, Cam Newton. You know, but Peyton you've got Manning. a long list of those USC wide receivers. I mean, other than Keyshawn Johnson, I mean, come on. Let's be real. Okay. All, All right. right. So Johnny it's Morton. just a Johnny, trend. Johnny, oh, Morton. Johnny Morton was Johnny okay. Johnny Morton because okay. he played with Brett Perriman and Herman Moore. They had three good receivers right. there. He was okay. I, I've been playing fantasy. I had Johnny Morton on some of my fantasy teams way back <laughs> I, in the day. I seriously. had Brett Perriman on some of my fantasy teams. <laughs> you know? But, listen, but, you know, number one, I like to get your guys' goat because everyone here is USC because we're in Southern California. But uh, – Listen, that's just me, man. It's the same thing as Notre Dame, as USC wide receivers. I, I, that's why I, I'm sticking to my rubber. I boards. look at it and I'm like, yeah, you know, it's the same thing as like NFL teams drafting guys who had a run and shoot offense in college. But if you, you had, know, come on, I would say David that Klingler, that... Andre Ware, come on, man. <laughs> look, I do. But the that's same... a good point. That's a great point. I think that if USC and Robert Woods had the same coaches during the time when the bus receivers were coming out, I think you can make that argument. If you look at the early uh, mid-2000s, guys come out like R.J. Soward, Kareem Kelly, Kerry Colbert, you're not, you know, you're, not help, you're not helping anything right, right now. No, 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 no. Listen, those coaches, <laughs> those coaches, those coaches and recruiters and and system is different than what Robert Woods is playing with now. Because he's playing under the USC colors, that's the only thing that's tying them together. You're saying that the run and shoot system quarterbacks, Klingler, Danny Ware, Kevin Cobb, that's a run and shoot offense with a certain type of coaches that are are, are running a system that doesn't translate to the NFL. What coaches were coaching Robert Woods and the system that Robert Woods is coming out of that Kareem Kelly and R.J. Soward were coming out of? That's totally two different types of systems and different coaches. So the only thing tying them together is the university. I'm going to be really interested to see what Robert Woods does this season. <laughs> see, now yeah. all of a sudden, like, yeah. this, has been, this has been way magnified. I had no I intention know, exactly. to make it this magnified. Well, yeah. <laughs> on the show this week, on Fantasy Live this week, that was our biggest debate with over had, Robert Woods. I had no intention of having it be this magnified. But you know what? Our if producer, Dylan Miller, was asleep <laughs> until we brought up Robert Woods. If this show was being aired in New York City, we wouldn't even be talking about this. <laughs> oh, man. It's all location. Anybody can access this show. From anywhere, I understand that. You can but live in any you city. You wouldn't have a whole glut of USC homers. Uh, you're right. You're right. And I do subscribe to your philosophy. I will not take any quarterbacks from the University of Maine. I will not draft a Maine quarterback. <laughs> but Delaware, you will not see that. Delaware, we'll take him from Delaware. All about it. Rich Delaware. Gannon, Joe Flacco. Yeah. And here's the thing. Oh, just real quick. Okay, so Joe Flacco couldn't beat out Tyler Palco, and now he's got a Super Bowl. What does it say about Dave Wanstead? Yeah. Nope. Nope. Palco's my guy. Well, what about? Nope. I'm going with Tyler Palco. <laughs> just happens that way. You All never right. know. You never know. All right, let's go with the, let's go with some busts here. Uh, bust wise, wide receiver. He had a great year last year, and you know, Fabs, you talk about it all the time. Is, is beware the magical season. Mm-hmm. Cecil Shorts came out of nowhere last year. You better watch out. Akbar's going to come after I know. you. Akbar and he's already way bigger than you. Yeah, Akbar <laughs> Bajamila has a thing I think that alerts him. He's got a collar on when someone says something bad about Cecil Shorts. <laughs> he has turned his car around and is now coming to NFL Network. Look, he had a great year last year. He came out of nowhere. I know that Justin Blackman is out for the first four weeks, and people are going to load up on Cecil Shorts. I actually like Blackman a lot more as a sleeper. Get him late because towards the end of the year. He was getting a lot more attention than Cecil Shorts was, but I just don't see Cecil Shorts having that kind of impact again. Now the team's had an entire offseason to plan for him because a lot of his plays, broken plays, long passes, that's not going to happen anymore because teams here's, are going to account for Cecil Shorts. Here's what worries me about Cecil Shorts more than anything else. The quarterback is Blaine Gabbert. Yeah. <laughs> all right, see, now I talk bad about a Missouri guy. There you go. So I don't just get on the USC or Notre Dame people. You don't like uh, Brad Smith either. You know what? No, I don't. Well, he's played for the Jets. Um <laughs> So, 
that that's that worries me. If Chad Henney was the quarterback of the Jaguars, I'd feel a little bit more confident. And how much does that say about Blaine Gabbert? Not much. Not much at all. No, uh, I mean Chad Henney was slightly better than Blaine Gabbert last year. I, you know, I, I I don't know that I'm as down on Cecil Shores. I think I think I wouldn't call him a bust as much as I'd say a temper your expectations. Yeah, he he kind of came out of nowhere last year. And I think more people are checking for him this season, but I still think in terms of what his ability is, he can still be pretty productive. Just just don't expect him to be the sensation he was last year. Yeah. All right, Marcus, your big if I can read your mind, your big bust is going to be a guy that you have you like have a vendetta against him. <laughs> Every time we talk bust, you say this guy's name. He just happens to be the guy that I really think is going to take a step back this year. That's James Jones. You know, he was phenomenal last year. 14 touchdowns. You're talking about a guy who had never had more than seven touchdowns in a season. I mean, the previous three seasons, he had a total of 17 touchdowns. He had 14 all of last year. It, it, it just won't happen again. He put career highs in receptions, in yardage, and in touchdowns. This year, Randall Cobb's going to be a much bigger part of the passing game. Jordy Nelson's going to be back. We'll see if he can stay healthy. And I think the Packers are actually going to try to run the football a little bit more. I don't know how successful they will be, but I think they've realized they've got to take some of the pressure off Aaron Rodgers. They can't have him stand back there, throw the ball as much as he did, and take as many hits as he has. So I just don't think things line up for James Jones to have the same kind of year he did last year. He's already, t- and Aaron Rodgers already taking shots from Greg Jennings. Every day it's something new with Greg Jennings and Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> so he could be banged up going into the season. Between that and Ryan Braun, it's been a rough yeah, week I really for uh, Aaron know. Rodgers. Yeah. What, what's Rodgers going to say? <laughs> That's a good question. Didn't he, like, uh, didn't he wager a, a salary? A year a, a salary. A guy tweeted him and said, "What you know? You really think Ryan Braun is 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 clean? clean. And yeah. he wrote, yep, I bet my salary on it. You know, wow. hashtag pony up, hashtag something else. So, now, does he really owe this guy money? No, I mean, of no, course not. The guy not. says he'll settle for just one game check. Oh, that's awful nice of him. <laughs> yeah. That's nice to settle for a game check. Yeah. But he's been. But Aaron Rodgers has been absolutely silent. It's like, what can you say though? Yeah. I mean, this is a friend of his, and so, oh yeah, he's clean. Now he's out. You're like, ooh, yeah. <laughs> what do I do here? Yeah. The uh, fan who tweeted Rodgers, uh, Todd Sutton. Says uh, he told USA Today, uh, "I'll just take a game check. I'll settle for two hundred eighty-one thousand." Yeah, that's not bad. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, hey, he's not asking for the whole. He's you're not the, asking yeah. for the whole. No, 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 I know you got. I know you got to feed your I'm family. Not greedy or nothing? I think the the craziest part to me was when I realized he's only making four and a half million dollars this year. <laughs> he just signed that huge contract. How's he only making yeah, right? four and a half Todd million? Todd Sutton tweeted at Aaron Rodgers, "You really believe?" Braun didn't do PEDs, hashtag delusional. Aaron Rodgers writes back, yeah, I'd put my salary next year on it. Hashtag pony up, hashtag exonerated. That's right, hashtag exonerated. Wow. Ooh, that's wow. a tough, that's a tough yeah, thing. that is tough. That's a tough thing. That is tough. You won't hear me uh, defending Alex Rodriguez anytime soon. Yeah, that's nobody is. <laughs> Look, the Yankees doing everything they can to keep him away from the team. I know. That's what it is. I All know. right. Fabs, finish this up here. You're bust. You're going big game hunting. This is one of the biggest free agent acquisitions of the offseason. You think complete yeah, Braylon Edwards. <laughs> yeah, he may go from 30 catches to 20. It's Mike Wallace. And again, guys, I like to follow trends. Uh, there's only been 3,000-yard wide receivers since Dan Marino retired in 1999. Let's see if you can name him. Marcus, you stay out of this because we talked yeah, about this on Damage oh. Smith. Okay, hang on. Um, no, don't Google it. No, no, I'm not. I'm not I, I didn't Google any of them. I was going to the Kate Upton page that you were on before. <laughs> uh, Ooh, let's Upton. see. Um, Chris Chambers? Correct. Okay. Uh, oh, Brian Hartline. Yep. And hang on, hang on. There's somebody crazy. Aranda Gadsden. Nope. nope. Oh, I thought I had it three in a row. Oh, 
Chambers. This is probably the most obvious one, but but people forget that he played they for the Dolphins. Forget that he played for the Dolphins. Yeah. Oh boy! Wow. Uh, thousand years since Dan Marino, and I'm missing him. Uh, he's still in the league. And as Larry David would say, he's pretty, 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 pretty good. Thousand yards for the Dolphins. Still in the league. I got Chambers. I got the tough ones. All right. I missed the easy one. You're done. It? It's Brandon Marshall. So, uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> of course, Brandon Marshall. And, and listen, uh, there's been a lot of good things said about Ryan Tannehill, and I think he's a deep sleeper and a guy who could come out and play very well and, and potentially help fantasy owners this season. But I still think it's a downgrade from Ben Roethlisberger, the veteran, to Ryan Tannehill, the second-year quarterback. They have Dustin Keller, Brandon Gibson. Uh, they still have Hartline. They've got Lamar Miller, who I think is going to have a breakout season. I just don't see Mike Wallace being a top-10 fantasy receiver. Last year, he fell down. I believe he was like 25th. But the two previous years, he was in the top 10 uh, at wide receiver based on fantasy points. If you're drafting him, trying, trying and hoping and praying that he's going to be there again, I don't think so. I would draft Mike Wallace as a three. I'd feel comfortable with him as a three, not as a two, not as a one for sure. And the other thing, too, about Wallace is that he only catches about four passes a game. And he makes right. his he's he makes all about his, the big plays. Yeah, he makes his mark when Roethlisberger, his best skill is keeping a play alive. Mm-hmm. A play breaks off and he hits Wallace for a 60-yard pass. That's not, Tannehill's not that guy. He yeah. just has a different kind of skill set. So I don't know that if, if he's got to hit and, and try to beat DBs and run patterns where the ball's going to be at his spot, I don't know that he succeeds at that. I'll tell you what, yeah. if, you are, if you are Statler and Waldorfing it from small sample size theater, you're a little bit panicked right now yes. because the early reports are that Tannehill and Wallace just aren't hooking up in practice. Now, mind you, you know, training camp just got started, so there's still, still plenty of time, but the early returns have been not very good. Yeah, and that's another part of the reason why I'm a little bit worried there about Mike Wallace. Now, we've been talking about wide receivers, guys. You know, this just, just came to my mind. We talked about Percy Harvin, and we don't know what his status is going to be now because he's got this hip ailment. What's going on with the wide receivers who sign with the Seahawks? It's like you go to the Great Northwest, and you're you're immediately cursed, right? It was Nate Burleson. T.J. Hushmanzada, uh, Dion Branch. Uh, I mean, when was the last time the Seahawks had this great fantasy receiver? Even Sidney Rice. Sidney Rice hasn't really done anything in Seattle either. The only guy who went to Seattle and actually improved his stock at any point was Mike Williams. Not the... You know, not yeah, these Syracuse Michael. No, no, but that's what I'm saying. And I'm not saying he became a superstar, but I'm just saying, like, he's the only guy I can think of that went to Seattle and actually got a little bit better. Where'd he go to college? <laughs> I, I, yeah. That was not my right. point, but and, yes, and you're correct. He, Dylan? he was considered an enormous bust. That, that was that wasn't my point, but yes, he's correct. Yeah. He did go to USC. That was yeah. <laughs> not that the USC contingency wants to admit that. Of course. Oh no, he was a he was a bust up until that point. No Look, doubt. Steve Largent's one of the best wide receivers ever. He came. He was a huge fantasy guy in the early '80s. The last time the Seahawks had a good wide receiver, I mean, just off the top of my head, I'm thinking like Daryl Jackson, right? Daryl Jackson had, had yards. some, had had some good yards. seasons. It's to, yes, yeah, and it was, he was one of the few Florida wide receivers, Dylan, who actually did something in the NFL. That's another school. You look at the wide receivers that have come out of that school, that's another red flag if you're an NFL team, right? You're looking at Chris Doring, Jabbar Gaffney. Reedell Anthony. I, I mean, there is there is a long, long list of guys. Who was the kid that the, the Patriots drafted a few years ago? Jackson. He, he was an absolute bust, right? I, there are so many wide receivers that come out of Florida that doesn't have done anything. Nothing. Right, there Percy Harvin's coming a good up one. The, but we can't. Colleges to field. avoid yeah. on your fantasy team. That will be can the we next do that? <laughs> colleges <laughs> to avoid. You read Fabiano's already started writing it. Colleges to avoid. Right. Different Former positions. Former running uh. shoot quarterbacks. Quarterbacks. <laughs> quarterbacks from Oregon. Uh, yeah. Kelly Smith. Joey Harrington. Joey Harrington. Right. AJ Feely. 
Yeah. Come on. Yeah, I mean, All since, right, there since you go. What, since what, like Dan Fouts? Is that the? I think you have to go back to Dan Fouts. Mm. Wow, there you go. There Unreal, you go. So Michael, F- there you go. New feature: colleges. Kellen Clemens <laughs> to avoid. Yeah, Kellen Clemens. See another uh. one. He's a guy could have been a first round pick if he didn't break his leg a senior year. The brain trust here in these two rooms. You think we could we could uh, manage an NFL draft? Still hold think? Out, still holding out hope for Dennis Dixon. Yeah, I think <laughs> another one. So is Chip Kelly. <laughs> another one. No, he's not. He you decided so? to get the band back together. Everybody that's ever played in Oregon, come on, come play on my offense. Like We're going to be great. Now. You know, let's get Lamar Odom back, and let's get Jordan Farmer back, and Sasha Fulichis, and all these other guys. No, the band's They're getting back like together. Five years ago. <laughs> So there you go. There's our sleepers, our deep sleepers, our busts, our breakouts, all the big news you need fantasy-wise. This is the NFL Fantasy Live podcast. I'm Jason Smith, Michael Fabiano, Marcus Grant. Follow us on Twitter. I'm at How About a Fresca. Michael is at Michael underscore Fabiano. Yes. And Marcus, you're at Marcus G. That singer right? guy took my Twitter handle. Do you get it? Seriously, do you get any questions about opera? Because the other guy's a famous opera singer, Michael Fabiano. Does anybody um, ever tweet you thinking you're him? I sometimes sing in the shower, but no. Okay. I don't. No. Don't forget right, the NFL Fantasy handle, too. And don't forget at right. NFL Fantasy on Twitter. Get your questions in there. And wait a minute. I just got an idea. Not for a column, but for the show. Dylan Miller, who's one of our executive producers for the NFL Fantasy Live show. The opera singer Michael Fabiano and our Michael Fabiano switch jobs for a week. Oh, God, no. He comes and does fantasy in a big, you know, tuxedo and he sings it out and fabs goes and sings fantasy advice at the opera okay what would be more interesting that i or, sing or an idea that the you dan sing H- fantasy advice or at a, the opera or an idea that the that dan hansis and the around the league guys had and that would be have brandon flowers the defensive back switch jobs with brandon flowers the lead singer the killers <laughs> that might work i think it would that be more work. embarrassing for me to try to sing opera because number one i can't sing number two i'd be wearing them darn tights right they wear the tights no opera they, no they, opera they, what they, are you they, talking they about wear a, they wear a tuxedo or something they wear are you thinking like a tights? middle-ages uh court jester <laughs> with like <laughs> tights and ballet shoes and like a weird jester too you can wear a tux you i'm not wear... very cultured when it comes to those kind of things i'm not going to wear a tuxedo to be winter is coming Put See? out my tights. Make That's me right. laugh, Court Jester. I'll make you laugh. Take Santonio Holmes in the third round. Don't draft Robert Woods. <laughs> <laughs> You're the funny Court Jester, Mr. Fabiano. Oh, boy, oh, boy. All right, check us out. NFL Fantasy Live will be back next week with a brand-new podcast, more fun, more information. La, Remember. Da, 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 da. That's you, about, you got that because you watch the Bugs it. Bunny cartoon when of he does course. that. <laughs> that's about as cultured uh, as I am. What do they do beneath the city? <laughs> the are the Fabiano of the opera. That's right. Uh, <laughs> half mask. <laughs> but it's like a football mask, right? Oh, no. See, that? now that's no. an idea. Like, no, I like that no, idea. No, that's pretty clever. Mask. I like that. See? Oh, see, that's a great idea. Patent that idea, Dylan. Fabiano Patent of the that opera. Idea. All right. We'll talk to you next week. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Live Nation presents Concert Week. 
Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. 